The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock market-style game where you buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use the promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And, of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Find it in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, the SGPN app. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Indeed, we are ready to go for the first show in November and right off the bat, one of the fights of the year. We've had to wait all the way until November to be able to say Canelo Alvarez versus Caleb Plant, but it is about to happen in Las Vegas. We're ready to talk all about it on this program. And uh, I want to bring in right away, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com, Marquise Johns. We're going to have a fun show here, my friend. Good to be back with you, Week Sauce, as we get ready for Canelo Plant Saturday night, Las Vegas, MGM Grand Garden Arena. Absolutely, TJ. This is one of those weekends where people are, are waiting for it and been waiting for a long time. History will be made at, at super middleweight between Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant. I'm just, it's going to be a good one. We're excited about that. Let me uh, remind you that however you found us here on the podcast, social media links, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network of shows, uh, make sure that you are subscribed. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera. Subscribe away, follow us, and the show comes automatically to you, usually on Friday about midday in the preview mode. But if it is a big enough fight like this one could be an outcome then we will come in with special podcasts breaking news whatever dictates if you are subscribed you get the automatic podcast notification ding uh if you're with apple podcast spotify just search big fight weekend find us through the site bigfightweekend.com but follow us and subscribe that is good straight ahead the hall of famer al bernstein one of the great commentators of the sport of the last 40 years he's on the call on the showtime uh, pay-per-view Mauro Ronaldo, Al Bernstein, and former world champ Abner Mares will be on the call Saturday night. Look forward to having Al's insight and conversation, including Marquise Johns. We're going to ignite a little debate that I want you in on and future guest T.C. Martin later in the podcast, who's in Vegas as well as Al Bernstein. Marvin Hagler versus Canelo Alvarez. What happens? Do not answer right now, my friend. But Al Bernstein's going to go first, and then I want you guys to weigh in a little bit later. That's known in the biz as a tease. I'm wetting the – how am I doing, Marquise? I'm wetting the appetite of the audience to get in on a little of that, of uh, of uh, Hagler versus Canelo. And, and That's a pretty good one, actually. <laughs> got to think about it, got to contemplate it. So Al is with me straight ahead. Again, T.C. Martin is on five days a week uh, in Las Vegas in the afternoons. He'll be with us later on in the podcast to kind of set the scene a little further. And Week Sauce, one more time here. We've got some real intrigue, the momentum building for this. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge, obvious uh, Mexican audience, Mexican-American audience, and some of those fans will be there in Vegas. It is not the traditional uh, Mexican Independence Day weekend in September, the second weekend in September. It is November but still, there's going to be some influx and some interest from the Mexican and Mexican-American fans here because it's Canelo, right? Absolutely, TJ. And this is the one thing I haven't been able to tell you in a long time when it comes to Canelo Alvarez. This is actually a Canelo Alvarez fight. People are actually looking forward to actually in the States. We're not having Euros come over from the UK to see Callum Smith or Billy Joe Saunders get pounded away for 18 minutes. No, it's actual Americans uh, waiting to actually see this and going to Las Vegas to see this fight. So it, it's going to be, it's been a different vibe, TJ. It's been a different atmosphere leading up to it as well, because Caleb Plant isn't one of these guys that's just going to just roll over here. And he's made it all but known that he's not going to roll over. So we'll see what happens if, and if Canelo can change that narrative, of course, once, once the bell rings. 
There's certainly some venom coming from Kayla Plant feeling disrespected as a heavy underdog in this. We'll get into that for gambling purposes in a little bit. Marquise, sit tight. We've got much to cover here on the program. But again, we've got a very special guest who is part of the pay-per-view call on Showtime Championship Boxing coming on Saturday evening. Let's get to that forthwith. As mentioned, my pleasure to bring in the Hall of Famer. He'll be on the call with Mauro Ronaldo and company on Showtime Boxing's pay-per-view of Canelo Alvarez and Caleb Plant. Long anticipated. It is finally here. Al Bernstein with us once again on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thank you for doing this. I know you are busy. You're being inundated with people that want to talk with you, so I always appreciate it when you come back on, even for a few minutes. Uh, And here we are. How eager are you? How eager is Vegas? How eager is the boxing public around Vegas for what's about to happen Saturday? I think it's going to be fun. You know, what gives this fight its significance is the fact that it would be the uh, the unification of the 168-pound title, the first time uh, for that. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, if he were to do it, would be the first Mexican fighter to accomplish that feat in any weight division. And, uh, and anytime Canelo fights, obviously it's an event in the sport of boxing. And, you know, Caleb Plant comes into this fight clearly as an underdog. He's got the IBF 168-pound title. He has not faced the level of opposition uh, that Canelo has, but he comes into the fight with uh, a very good skill set as a boxer and a huge, uh, you know, motivation to try and pull the upset. So let's pick up on that very point because he is a decided underdog, Plant. So many believe this is Canelo. Canelo will dominate him, wear him down, if not stop him or win an easy decision. If Plant is going to pull the upset, give me an ingredient or two to look for as this is unfolding in your mind. Yeah, what he's going to have to do is, of course, we know he has to box. He's got a very good jab. Uh, He has excellent footwork. Uh, But somewhere in the first two or three rounds, he also has a very good left hook. He scored about six or seven knockdowns in his career with the left hook. Canelo has an iron chin. Very unlikely that Plant would knock him down or hurt him badly with that hook. But somewhere in those first three or four rounds, Caleb Plant has to set down and land several of those left hooks to at least give Canelo something to think about as he cuts the ring off. If he can do that, he can maybe create a pace in this fight. Oftentimes, Canelo will have low periods and just kind of let rounds go by. We've seen that in other fights, even fights in which he's dominating. And then Plant hopes to kind of steal those rounds and fight his way to a decision win. But he's got to land something, the left hook most likely, uh, early in the fight to gain Canelo's respect. You never say never, but I've watched enough of Plant's fights, either live, YouTube, et cetera. I just question whether he hits hard enough, period, with either hand. He's big, but isn't that the great unknown here? You mentioned Canelo's got a good chin, but that's the great unknown that we're going to find. Does he hit hard enough to get his attention, to back him up, to do any of that? Right. He doesn't need to hit hard enough to knock him out necessarily, but he does need to hit hard enough to at least slow his movement. And the one punch he can do it with is the left hook. He knocked uh, Jose Uscadegui down twice with that punch. And Uscadegui, while at the t- was at the time a big favorite over Plant when he won the title, uh, Uscadegui has since lost the fight. And now he, he, he failed a drug test for the fight we had with him coming in against uh, David Benavides. So the, the Uscadegui win has lost a little of its luster because of those things. But... But he did knock him down with that punch. So uh, I don't know if he has enough power to slow Canelo. We're going to find out. We always love this man's insight on so many levels. I loved having you on with us when Showtime was doing the documentary on the Kings, uh, the greats of Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hearns, Roberto Duran. Uh, We certainly since then have seen fighters in the middleweight division like Gennady Golovkin, Oscar De La Hoya even fighting in and around uh, middleweight. Where does Canelo Alvarez belong in the modern conversation, especially if he wins and is undisputed at 168 after he was the unified middleweight champ, four-division world champ, even moved up to light heavyweight and won a world title? Where does Canelo belong, Al? 
Well, he is a top fighter uh, in any era. You know, I mean, he's been a, a pro for 16 years and he's 31 years of age. He is still improving. Now, how many fighters do we know that have fought for 16 years, 425 rounds as a professional? And I can honestly tell you that I've seen him get, we've all seen him get better in the last several years. A seminal moment in his career was when he lost to Floyd Mayweather at 154. He said it changed him. It made him realize he, he had to work even harder. Uh, and he's been one of the hardest workers in boxing. You know, he's one in four weight classes, as you point out. He started at, his lowest weight was 139, and he went all the way up to 175. And so he's not done yet because if he wins this fight against Plant and he unifies, we are likely to see him in against either David Benavides or Jamal Charlo. Another super fight, another really mm -hmm. big fight for him. So at age 31, he's got several years left and there's going to be more big fights for him. So he's clearly one of the, the you know, uh, uh, the kind of fighters that you say is generational. Let's have fun with it like this. If in their primes, he fights Marvin Hagler, how intrigued are you and who wins that? Is that Hagler all the way? Yeah, what makes that an interesting fight is that you couldn't hurt either of those men if you hit them with a baseball bat, right? <laughs> you talk about two iron shins. Yep. I don't know if either of them would necessarily hurt the other. Could Hearns um, have cracked him? Could Hearns have cracked him with that right hand? Or is it the same thing when Hearns yeah, ran into Hagler? I don't know. Tommy Hearns certainly hit really hard. And he might have hurt him. He's the only one that hurt Marvin Hagler in round one. Marvin yeah. Hagler's told me many times I was stunned by that punch. Uh, I think Hagler would win the fight simply because I, I think Hagler at the end of the day would be busier uh, in his prime. And I think he would probably do more. However, Canelo's the guy who would be in that fight for sure. One more on this because you, you're there in Vegas. You've been to so many of these. It is arguable, but I think he's the biggest draw, Canelo Alvarez, outside of the heavyweights. What kind of atmosphere do we anticipate? Nevada has been back uh, open and at full capacity now for months. We had the heavyweight title showdown, Fury Wilder there, which had buzz, but this is Canelo with the Mexicans, the Mexican-Americans, and that whole audience. What what do we anticipate for Saturday? Just yeah, I, was, I was just a fan at the Fury Wilder fight. I simply went there, sat in the stands, and it was remarkable. You know, it was just... Great. And, and, and yes, you're right. Las Vegas is back with the major crowds and, you know, a Canelo fight is an event. So I think it's going to be a lot of excitement, a lot of fun. Uh, and, and he's one of those destination guys. He recently, of course, broke the record for an indoor uh, crowd in boxing 73,000 at the, in Texas, he is a, a fighter that creates uh, excitement and generates super amount of interest. And I will be doing our, our weigh-in show tomorrow uh, with my Showtime crew. Uh, and so that's going to be, be the beginning part of, I think, some of the weekend buzz for the fight. Yeah, because they're letting the fans in for that. They have not yeah. done that with the previous couple of mega right. fights that they've been having. They were keeping yeah. that closed for the COVID guidelines, et cetera. Uh, and again, this he's been active, too. This is the fourth fight oh, yeah. in 11 months, and that helps with building momentum, building. We know this. He's been more active than most champions. Uh, to me, Canelo Alvarez, and I don't want to be you know overly uh, effusive about this, but he's the poster kid for what boxing is about. He averages three fights a year, uh, which in this day and age is good. You know, uh, in the old days, you're more, you know, it wouldn't have been a super lot, but now it is. He fights regularly. He gives his sand face things to talk about. Uh, he fights a variety of fighters. He, he get it. it it's, uh, we know we're going to see him in against some really tough opponents coming up. This tug unification was a goal of his. So I think that Canelo Alvarez does what we want boxers to do. And even though he jumps a little bit in weight divisions, all of his rises in weight division have made sense at the time. They're not just a flip-flop to go look for a title. It, it, they made a lot of sense. And I think he settled in at a weight now at this point in his career that makes a lot of sense, 168. You know, this is a good weight for him. 
And there are fighters now available like David Benavidez, Charlo, who wants to jump up from 160 pounds. There are fighters he can meet at this weight class that could create some super fights. But of course, the first step for him is to unify that title and beat Caleb Plant on Saturday, which Caleb Plant would argue uh, that he's going to win. Well, very true. And you you finished it before I could even finish it, that that's got to happen first. We'll see if it does happen Saturday night. Showtime pay-per-view. Canelo Alvarez, an unbeaten Caleb Plant, undisputed. 168-pound title is on the line. Al will be on the call with Mauro Ronaldo, Abner Mares, and company. Always love getting the chance to talk with you. We'll be watching. We'll be listening. We appreciate the insight. Thank you, Al. Yeah, thank you for having me. It should be a lot of fun. Love that man's insight, Marquise, whenever we can get him on. And I know you can't launch right now, but you're already you're already amped to talk about Hagler versus Canelo and what might happen. Al gave his thoughts. I know you're interested in talking about that in a little bit. Absolutely, TJ, because that's one of those matchups where we're in a perfect world. If these guys really could face each other in the ring, I would want to see that fight literally yeah, any day, think, every day of the week. I think everybody would be interested in that fight as well. Marquis, sit tight. More on Canelo and Plant forthcoming, including T.C. Martin joining our conversation from the T.C. Martin Show out in Las Vegas. Great boxing insight. T.C. will be there along with Al Bernstein in the MGM Grand Garden Arena. You are locked in on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We're glad that you're along previewing the weekend and much more. More still to come. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Because with PropSwap, your bet doesn't have to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, Trey Lance of the 49ers opened up at 300-1 to to win the MVP this year. And he has already been bet down to 75 to 1 after that preseason performance just last weekend. That means if you bet 100 bucks on Trey Lance back in May, you could sell that ticket on PropSwap right now for $400, a 300% return before the season ever begins. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting. Buy low, sell high. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 a month just by listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember, go for two. Make two tickets on the same team. You can sell one for a profit and leave one for yourself for skin in the game. Again, your bet doesn't necessarily have to win. It just has to improve. Think of it like the stock market. Get started today at PropSwap.com. Download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks. Here's why it's going to be your favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast, it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide will they go over or under their stat projection for that day. The more players you pick, the more you can win. In fact, you can win up to 10 times your money. Prize Picks is the only way to play. And use the promo code SGP to get a 100% instant deposit match bonus up to $100. That's the Prize Pick app, our promo code SGP.
And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in once more, again in the preview mode for Canelo versus Caleb Plant, undisputed super middleweight title. Canelo has three of the belts. Caleb Plant has the one remaining belt, the IBF World Championship. So we are here previewing it in the preview mode. And again, depending on what happens, if it's a spectacular upset by Plant, not likely, but if it does, we may be back in with a recap podcast as well off of this late night, Saturday night. For now, though, I do welcome back in senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns, and also my initials brother from another mother. I think you and I have had more conversations this week than we have with our spouses. That's not good. Uh, TC Martin is back in again with me on a podcast, this time on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, tcmartinshow.com. You hear him five days a week in Las Vegas. Good to be with you yet again, my friend. Great to be here. Doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. I'm down like James Brown, my man. So let's go. <laughs> As we know, uh, boxing is king here in Las Vegas, and we love it, especially when Canelo Alvarez is in town. Let's pick up right on that uh, at the moment. Uh, we just talked with Al Bernstein, who you have on all the time. Love the Hall of Famer. Love his insight. And he kind of laid out for us that uh, the formula for Caleb Plant that he believes is can he hurt, can he get Canelo's attention with the left hook? He's seen that left hook in action. He believes that is the best weapon that that uh, that Plant may have in this fight. One TC, do you agree with that? Do you believe overall that he has enough punching power to get his attention, maybe not knock him down, but get his attention and make this a fight and make it competitive? What say you? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Uh, this fight is, is a plain joke. Uh, like like a, m most of uh, uh, Canelo's uh, recent fights are. But again, Canelo, he gets all the credit in the world because he fights everybody that is put in front of him. Unfortunately, there just isn't enough talent to really put in front of him, except maybe for a couple guys. And you talk about Al. Al and I, he was on with me earlier today, and we talked specifically about looking ahead, which you know we shouldn't do, but this is what we do in the media, right? Especially when we have non-competitive fights like this one, that we're looking at Jamel Charlo, and David Benavidez. So those are fights that will happen uh, eventually. And this is just simply another paycheck for Canelo Alvarez to cash. And for uh, Caleb uh, Plant, uh, it's the biggest check he'll ever cash and probably the only check he'll ever cash of, of this size again. Well, uh, he's just put it out there bluntly, Marquis. So the same kind of question to you. Do you believe that Plant has enough punch to make this interesting? Yes and no. Yes, because he can throw it. No, because it's Canelo. If, if this was anybody that Plant's been facing the last, you know, the Michael Lees, the Vincent Feigenbootses, the Caleb Truaxes of the world, this would be all, you know, Jose Uskatagi. This is a whole different conversation. Unfortunately for Caleb Plant, who is holding the IBF trinket belt here at 168, because pretty much just the last piece, as we mentioned last week, TJ, of, of, of this whole undisputed middleweight, uh, undisputed shenanigans. Uh, that's really it. Outside of that, he has a puncher's chance. Uh, and we, we all saw at, at the initial press conference when Caleb Plant landed first, Canelo was faster, and <laughs> I expect more of the same on Saturday. Uh, very interesting on that. TC, I often ask you this, but it's, it's great insight because you're there in the desert uh, doing your thing. We're building towards the weekend. Uh, do we believe there's going to be some influx of the Mexican-American, Mexican fans that are in there? They usually have been there around his Mexican Independence Day fights in mid-September in the past. As we've said, and you've educated us, uh, Vegas is open back up at full capacity. Do we anticipate that there's going to be some of that as Friday becomes Saturday and, and into Saturday night? Yeah, come Saturday night, it'll be the typical Canelo Alvarez uh, you know, fandemonium. Uh, again, it probably will not be at the level that we've seen on Mexican Independence Day uh, when he's fought here before or Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you know, those are basically 
you know, count them religious holidays uh, for, for boxing uh, in the Mexican fans and Canelo Alvarez uh, specifically. But, uh, you know, this is a little bit different that, you know, he's fighting in November, but still he's got so many fans uh, you know, that they'll, they'll turn out. And again, maybe not in the waves that we've seen in the past, but again, remember Canelo has a big fan base here in Vegas, uh, Southern California as well. Uh, in, in the Mexican people will follow Canelo no matter where he fights and when he fights. But uh, especially when they come to Las Vegas, uh, they'll be in attendance. They'll be loud. I don't think it'll be a noticeable difference uh, if you're in the building or if you're watching at home. And Marquise, to that point, as we've made mention uh, all throughout this year, he had 63,000 that was mostly him and his fans at AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, earlier this year. Clearly, the guy is the top draw outside the heavyweight division, Marquise. I mean, nobody's disputing that, right? Uh, if they are, TJ, I'd like to know the 60,000 people who went to see Billy Joe Saunders back in back early this year because that, that doesn't happen. But no, wherever, wherever Canelo goes, the fans will go. And actually, TC, the question I want to ask you about this, uh, leading up to a fight week-wise, how is this compared to, uh, say, for example, Daniel Jacobs' fight week? Because that was kind of the gauge I've gotten from this for the most part because no one was really uh, riveting and was still asleep waiting for Sergey Kovalev. I mean, Anvi Yildrum, whatever, uh, Calvin Smith, whatever. Billy Joe Saunders, that was cool in Dallas because those people there but how is this one going around it's not at the level of a Sergey Kovalev um, or Daniel Jacobs because you remember especially Kovalev he had fought here before and there was an intrigue there because Kovalev you know was a champion at 175 and there was a little bit of intrigue okay can Canelo go up to 175 and take on uh, this you know this big guy in Kovalev who has tons of experience and has tons of punching power. That's where the intrigue was. I mean, Kovalev has power and uh, you know, how is he going to fight that? And Canelo is going to be staring up at, at the guy the entire time. Uh, Daniel Jacobs was interesting because Daniel Jacobs had a great story, even though Daniel Jacobs fought a majority of his fights, you know, back East, specifically Madison square garden in New York and, and those uh, type of venues. He was an East coast fighter, but again, he had a great resume. Um, Caleb plant doesn't have a resume. I mean, Kayla Plant is the typical house fighter when it comes for Al Heyman and PBC. You got to remember, Kayla Plant, and if we want to just throw this out there, and I'll let you d- direct any way you want to go with this, you know, TJ, but the reason why this, this fight just isn't really resonating with true fight fans here in Vegas because they know what's going to happen. I mean, Kayla Plant is not a guy that Bob Arum wanted. He's not a guy that, that any other promoter wanted. This is what Al Heyman does. He goes and gets all of these guys, these lesser known guys or middling guys, as I like to say. And that's why, he, you know, he has now corralled the welterweight division. He gets all of these guys. Welterweight division is probably a bad example because there are many fighters, great fighters that he has there. But, you know, he, he's, he gets these guys that not a lot of other promoters want. And he tries to find other uh, fights for these guys, either in his own stable or outside and, uh, and build up wins. And that's exactly what has happened here with Caleb plant 21 and 0, 12 knockouts, uh, no enticing opponents, no real knockout power. And for a guy who really hasn't fought anybody to only have 12 knockouts, it says everything in itself. But, uh, Caleb plant is a guy that has been under the radar deservedly. So for a long time, because no other promoter wanted this guy. Well, and it's fair to say, though, too, uh, that, that Alvarez is being careful and handpicking who he's fighting because Billy Joe Saunders was the same thing in England. He was the opponent, as we've just alluded to. He was the guy to bring in while Caleb, uh, while uh, Canelo was the draw at AT&T Stadium. A- Avni Yildirim had no business being in front of him. That was a WBC thing. So hopefully this will be a little more credible than that. Plant can maybe take a punch, can give some back. We'll wait and see the intrigue. Let, to let, find let out. me yeah. let me say this though that it's it's not that he handpicks opponents because Canelo Alvarez does not. Let's be clear, does not handpick opponents. There is no one. We've talked about this before on on this forum right here that he has cleaned out every division he's been in. There are no opponents. The only guys that that are out there that he has not fought are guys that Heyman has that Heyman will right. not put him in against. And there are two guys that are much more qualified than Caleb Plant that we talked about. That is Charlo. Okay, they're hesitant about that because, again, they want to build up a little bit more with that. And Benavides, they're still not sure about. I mean, Benavides was a guy that you know developed very, very late. They weren't, you know, he wasn't a, a big main main star, but he fought his way up the ranks here in Vegas, and uh, and, and now has put himself in a position. But honestly, guys, we've talked about this before. Who can Canelo Alvarez fight? 
he's forced to fight these guys because Canelo doesn't want to sit on the sidelines. Canelo's fought three times this year before the pandemic. How many times he fight? Three times, all the time. He's willing to fight. He wants to fight. The guys that were, you know, 465 rounds and he fights anybody and everybody, but there is no one at 160 for him to fight. Nobody at 168 for him to fight. No one at 175 for him to fight. So this is what we got. It is what we have. As Al alluded to, maybe it's Benavides or Jamal Charlo, but that's hypothetical for 2022. We'll see. We know get, we get Caleb Plant in this one. You're hearing the voice of TC Martin. Again, he's at TC Martin 21 on social media. TCMartinShow.com is five days a week in uh, Las Vegas. Love his insight from there. Marquise John, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com is here. All right, time to weigh in. I've already been teasing this, TC, before you came on. I posed this to Al Bernstein. I know we got to go back in the hypothetical 35 plus years to the prime of Marvin Hagler. But if I put a prime Marvin Hagler in the ring with a prime Canelo Alvarez in the ring, I want opinions from both of you. TC, you first. What do you think happens? Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Canelo Alvarez. I want to preface this by saying I, I, I really despise these, these type of questions right. and analogies, but they're fun because when, you, when you're bringing up fighters of different eras, it's impossible to, to handicap that, but it, it makes it fun. And I'll tell you what, what we know for certain would be, it would be an all-out brawl. It'd be an all-out war. It would be entertaining to see this because we know Marvelous Marvin Hagler would bring it. But Canelo Alvarez was the much better boxer. He's a much more polished boxer. Uh, Canelo would probably beat Marvelous Marvin Hagler just, uh, if not by knockout, by points alone because of the style. Styles make fights. Canelo is going to uh, not, he's going to get in and out, but he's better defensively, probably has better footwork. Uh, you can make the argument that Hagler maybe has better power, uh, especially early on in his career, but he leaves himself open for a lot of shots. So I think that, you know, you know for me, you know, you joked last time when we, we sat here and we talked about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, and you were joking about me being in the Tyson Fury uh, fan club or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I trumped that with Canelo Alvarez because for me, Canelo Alvarez has, is the best pound for pound fighter in the world and has been for quite some time. And people like to always throw back, you know, Floyd Mayweather Jr. Come on, man. That was eight years ago. That was 2000, uh, 2013. Ago. He was 23 years old. And it, as we all know and probably agree, if that fight happened any time from 2015, 2016 on, it would have been a different result. And Floyd would have never elected to fight him. So Canelo Alvarez, for me, is, is not only the king of the pound for pound in, in, in this time, you can make the case, if you want to go back in history, he could have been the king in any era because he fights the way people want to see him fight. He's a smart fighter. He has power. He's polished. He's experienced and uh, he's a humble guy. Let me tell you this. I saw Gennady Golovkin at an advanced age hit him frequently in both of those fights. Mm -hmm. So to think that Marvin Hagler wouldn't stand in front of him, go toe to toe and have shots to hit him. I, I don't care what you want to say about footwork or elusiveness or whatever. Oh, he would. Hit I'm him. saying it, I said yeah. it would be a brawl. They, they yeah. definitely would connect. I think, I no think it would be intriguing from yeah. the toe to toe standpoint. Marquise, jump in here as another voice on Hagler canelo and how you think it would go just hypothetically hypothetically guys i'm i'm, I'm willing just to just to take the other side on all this one because i like Hagler that much only for the simple thing is that i think Hagler power wise is being deceptively under overlooked in all of this the one thing that canelo does have is quickness but power kills and power stops a lot of things including fights and I, i'm going with i'm going with power on this one with Hagler. And Hagler, with the exception of what the uh, the decision with Roberto Duran, that was the only title defense that went the distance. He got to everybody else until he lost to Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm talking about he got to everybody else, wearing them down, stopping them, knocking them out. So just fascinating to compare the eras. We'll never know. But it's fun for the discussion because I brought it up in the vein of if you're talking about dominant over a long stretch of six or seven years in the middleweight classes, junior middleweight, middleweight, a uh, super middleweight in that area, it's probably Marvin Hagler that's the most recognizable of all of them, more so than Thomas Hearns in those middleweight classes, more so than Oscar De La Hoya or anybody else uh, that you want to bring forward in the present day besides Canelo. That's the reason why I brought it up in that yeah, regard. But I think that yeah. when you're looking at that, it's totally not a fair comparison because when we think of Marvin Hagler, I mean, we think of Marvin Hagler 
as a welterweight and then, you know, light middleweight. We never see, we never saw Marvin Hagler fight at 168. We certainly didn't see him at 175. He's a smaller guy. So all those great fights with Leonard and Hearns and Duran and those guys, those were in the welterweight division. No, no, no. They were at 160. They were at middleweight. I'll correct you on that one, doctor. They were at 160. Now, I agree. He's not ever going to be a, a Marvin Hagler, yeah. a light heavyweight. And I don't yeah. know how he would have looked at 168. But he he dominated the middleweight division. And some will argue that Canelo was a blown up middleweight anyway at 168. I think it's fair to, again, you know, to make that. Maybe Bernard Hopkins is a guy that you can throw in there, there because go. that's the a guy that consistently fought at that weight where Hagler and those other guys fought at lighter weights prior to that. All right. Uh, fair enough. Let's get some uh, gambling insight from TC. Marquise and I will piggyback off this after you are gone. The doctor, as always, has a dinner reservation uh, that we don't want to keep him from. Uh, the Velvet Ropes part. The man is always at the A-list places with all the uh, the celebs and the high rollers in Vegas. Um, so if you and you've been talking about the, on this on your on your own show and on your own stuff, they can hear your archive conversations on your Friday best bets segment uh, where you're talking not only football, but the Canelo fight from the Cosmopolitan. You can hear that either on Friday as we release this podcast or you can listen back uh, under the podcast section of TCMartinShow.com. Give us a taste here of, of what you're looking at from a wagering angle if you are looking at it for Canelo plant. Yeah, as much I love uh, wagering on Canelo, and I will lay, uh, you know, four, five, six dollars on Canelo. But now the price <laughs> is ridiculously high at eight hundred, so it's a non-betting fight. So everyone is, else is going to have to look at it from a rounds prop. And when you look at all the books here in Vegas, they're getting very little to no action uh, on this fight whatsoever because it is so one-sided. And the bookmakers tend to to take an approach where they can get two-way action and that's why they didn't even bother opening this fight up it's a minus 400 so they can get that uh when the fight initially came out it was 500 and people jumped on it and they go whoa wait wait a minute we made a bad line here which they did and then it went to 600 then it went to 700 it was 750 yesterday and as we sit here right now uh it is minus 800 so it, it's really a non-betting fight uh, do you, you believe, do, like, if I could interject, do you believe yeah. any late money will come in on Caleb Plant Friday into Saturday? You don't the thing about educated it, guess. There normally is always underdog money that comes in, but usually it's underdog money with a fan base attached to it. And there, there is no such thing. And when you do make a bet, you like say, hey, I'm, I'm going to take a shot with this guy. So if that money is coming in, it is coming in as small wagers that isn't going to move the line. So look for this line pretty much to stay where it is. There's not going to be any sharp action coming in because they, they would just be throwing away money. I'm not saying that you have to play it, but I think almost mm -hmm. everybody is looking at that nine and a half rounds and thinking that it's probably over. We're big on the overs here on this. Or maybe you, maybe you are of the belief that Canelo gets to him well before the ninth round, TC Martin. I'm not saying that you got to fully commit, but if you're leaning one way or the other, where are you leaning? Yeah, that and again, that's where the betting is going to come in. That, that there will be round prop bets that are going on in this in, in this situation, nine and a half. You can make a case uh, for, for both sides. I tend to always lean towards the over uh, because the first couple rounds obviously are always feel out rounds, especially in Canelo fights. Plant's not a guy that's going to start out fast anyway. Plant's not a guy that's going to come charging anyway. So yeah, if I have to lean that way, it's going to go nine and a half. Uh, the thing about it is when we get to nine and a half, you're probably going to be looking at a scorecard that you know has Canelo you know, winning you know, seven rounds to, to one or two or, or that sort of thing. And maybe even a shutout, uh, maybe plant hangs around. So yeah, uh, Canelo Alvarez, if he wants to, uh, he could probably dispose of, of Caleb plant, maybe in less than nine and a half. You know, we usually see Canelo really start to come to life in rounds like five, six, seven, that could happen. But no, I think I'm with you. If I have to wager on a round prop total here, it, it's over nine and a half. Let me get Marquise Johns in here one more time. Anything else, Marquise, on all that we've been saying or anything else for TC? Uh, yeah, TC, just wanted to get your thoughts on, because uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, you spoke with Al about uh, looking ahead. Uh, outside of Benavides and Charlotte, I wanted to ask you about this name because I've heard about this all week long uh, across the pond. Zach Parker currently is the WBO mandatory at 168. No one's heard of him. I'm here to tell you about him. Not very good, but he's currently next in line out of all the shenanigans. Just want to get your thoughts on Zach Parker and uh, – where he sticks, sticks, sticks now with all this Canelo shit. Not to yeah, be confused I, I, uh, with Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Not, not there you go, Ray Parker Jr. Peter, radio. That's some old school right there. Never, never to be confused with Peter Parker, Spider-Man. This is Zach Parker. <laughs>
Walker. And I must, I must confess weak sauce knows about him. I know nothing about him. TC yeah. may know a little about him or nothing about him. What about it? Well, I, I, th- I think that TJ knows more about, um, uh, uh, Devonte Parker, uh, you know, <laughs> you. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Packers. Right. have him but, on the fantasy team. I need him to play this weekend. Of course Keep you going. do. So, uh, no, I, I think the only Parker fight comes into play Marquise is if, if they can't, uh, make a deal with Heyman again here and Benavidez or Charlo bail out. We, we understand Can the I'll, argument. No one in America cares about that guy. No one knows exactly. who he is. It, so it, at it, least it, there it's would right be up some there. people that would care about Jamal Charlo and then a, to a lesser extent, ben, Benavides. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's and, logic. And Parker, again, again Parker isn't that guy. He's, he's not a Tyson Fury. He's not a Ricky Hatton. He does, he's not that. So, I mean, just because a guy is you know a number one contender or next up, he's not next up for Canelo Alvarez unless – Canelo says, I need to fight. I want to fight as much as I possibly can until I retire. And uh, that's the only way. And that's why we've seen, you know, the Rocky Fieldings of the world and the Callum Smiths and the Mike, you know, and goofballs that, that, you know, that have been (laughs) thrown in front of Canelo because there is no one else. Canelo says, give me a fight, please. And you got to remember with that DAZN contract, I mean, they had to have fights for this guy because they're paying him a, a boatload of money. You know, so that's an, another reason why we got those type of fights. And like I said earlier, there's no one for him to fight because he's cleaned out the division. So, yeah, Marquise, I, I think it, it, it's got to be one of the Heyman guys. And that's the only thing that's even remotely interesting. And I talked to Al about this again today. And I'll, let me throw it at you guys. You know, everyone always wants to talk about Gennady Golovkin. And, and you brought it up, TJ. It's like it's, it's funny that we're not hearing about him right now. I don't think Canelo wants to fight him because, exactly. again, check, check that off. And I've said that Bingo. before. But. When you get to a point when there is nobody else and the public still thinks that that Triple G could be a viable opponent because Triple G hasn't lost a fight since he lost to Canelo Alvarez, but he's really been inactive as well, too. So I, I think that is probably more interesting than the other guys that we're talking about, but I don't want to see end. it. And the other thing is Golovkin's almost 40 years old and he's slated to fight, uh, what is it, Ryota Murata in Japan. But he doesn't have a lot of mileage year. on him and he's been inactive too. So, yeah. you know, but, it, I, but I, I feel I don't the know 40 that, kind of out the window. Canelo has to agree. And Canelo has already said it's not going to be at 160. It's going to be at 168. And right. I don't think Canelo wants to fight him. But we'll see on right. the Golovkin uh, front and what happens next. For now... We know that we're good with T.C. Martin. Plug away one more time, my friend, on how they hear you throughout the weekend, depending on when they hear us, releasing the podcast on Friday, all the way through Saturday, Saturday night, et cetera. Plug away for your stuff and your social media. Go. Yeah, check it all out at tcmartinshow.com, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific. And again, you can listen live or you can go on the website and listen anytime uh, to the great banter, the talk we have, the great guests that we have. And again, fully covering boxing all the time. Uh, you know, on the show. And of course, we've got uh, the past interviews. All the other great stuff is up there. Best bets. When we look at the football side, the college yep. and the pro football side that TJ uh, participates in as well, too. So check all that out. And on Twitter at TC Martin 21, we'll be going round by round uh, live at ringside in the MGM Grand on Saturday night. We're going to you more than a relief pitcher in the baseball playoffs because we're coming back to you for Crawford versus Porter coming in a couple of weeks right back there in Vegas. It's a date. We look forward to having you back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thank you, TC Martin. Hey, great to be with you guys. Take care. Love his insight. Uh, TC, again, the unelected mayor of Vegas. And check out the TC Martin show for all the insight on anything boxing. Love having, uh, having him as part of BigFightWeekend.com. Um, he, he's kind of dismissive of, of the Al Heyman stable, but clearly that's where the game is at 168 right now. Uh, I want your take on that. I got his take on that. Uh, I mean, the, the Parker guy in, in England, no. And I don't know what else the WBA has. God knows. Yeah. This is, this is going to be Jamal Charlo or David Benavides most likely in 2022 as the next one we would think. Yeah, at this point, TJ, it kind of has to be. There really isn't anything else outside of we, we mentioned. We mentioned Charlie, we mentioned Benavides, we mentioned Zach Parker. Outside of that, and David Morrell, who is, I think is the WBA <laughs> regular title holder, whatever have you. That's it. Like the the list, the list after that, TJ, as as we all know, falls off a cliff at one sixty eight, which makes the question. I kind of I kind of wonder with, with Canelo after all of this. If he wins and, and maintains uh, this undisputed thing, how long is he going to stick at 168? Because there's not going to be anybody left for him. And, all, and, and at this point, it's everyone playing catch up to Canelo, which has been the case 
since Canelo lost lost to Floyd Mayweather at this point. So, so TC basically had for our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, let's get into the fight picks and the odds. He basically had a big no thank you sign up during that whole conversation about wanting to wager on this. What which way would you lean? Do you take the flyer on Caleb Plant because of how much you're getting? Do you like the the under over proposition better? What do you like, Marquise? Honestly, TJ, I like I like Caleb Plant when his number was a lot higher. I don't like Caleb Plant honestly at four to one. I kind of think that's that really is kind of throwing money away. During before before the Bill Fortin fight week, TJ, that line was at like nine fifty to a thousand at one point for Caleb Plant. I would have gotten him then and, and and bought bought high and prayed something happens this Saturday night. But at four and a half, four twenty five roughly, no, I, I I think I think unfortunately, TJ, this fight really is a formulaic and academic where I think we get Canelo on points and this is one of those fights. So you like the old. Over the over nine and a half rounds. We've been big on the overs on these podcasts in the biggest fights. The over did hit for us on uh, Fury Wilder. The over also hit for us a couple of weeks earlier on Usyk Joshua going Joshua. the distance. Do you like the over here? Because there's going to be a lot of sentiment that Canelo may get to Caleb Plant well before the ninth or the tenth round. I think TJ that uh, Canelo at least makes this at least a nine and a half or at least nine to at least a 10 or 11 round fight. I think, I think he gets rid of plant later on in the later on in the fight, kind of like he did like with Kovalev where he just systematically broke him down. But I don't think he gets about, gets him out early. Like he did Avi Yudram. And I don't think he catches plant slick enough, like on the eye, like he did with Billy Joe Saunders. So I think plant has better footwork than Billy Joe. So I don't, yep. I don't think that happens either. So I really do think it's going to be a, a, a boring uh, points, uh, 10 to kind of fight that TC hinted at earlier. I think early on, there's going to be some fireworks. I think there's going to be some slugging and some fireworks and we'll see if plant can withstand the big punch from canelo uh i'm a little iffy on the on the nine and a half rounds but if if, if it let me let me uh hedge it this way if we yeah. get out of the second and the third round where i think they're going to trade a bunch i think settle in you're looking at a possible late stoppage by canelo or the distance so Again, I'm being a politician. We had we had elections earlier this week in a bunch of different yeah. <laughs> states. I'm being a politician down the middle. It could be over quickly here where Plant tries to stand his ground and they slug and Canelo gets him out of there. But if Plant stands up to him early, second round, third, I think we settle in. I think we settle in for a long one Saturday night and we'll find out. That's the intrigue here. And by the way, we've spent this entire podcast like dismissing Caleb Plant. Weird things happen. Canelo could hurt his hand. There could be a cut involved for Canelo or for Plant. There's any number of variables that make this interesting. It's boxing, for God's sake. Marquise, you know this. Absolutely, TJ. And one punch, as you know, and we say this all the time on the show, one punch can change the fight regardless of That's weight, right. class, and size. And the one thing that Plant does have on Canelo is size. He's taller and more likely at the weigh-in. You're going to see him being a little more a lankier and rangier. The, the bigger thing, TJ, is that can Plant use that to his advantage? And the guys we, the guys that plants face so far, tell, tells us so far, not not really. So that, that's what that's where all the sentiment skeptics is coming from. Moments left on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, the undercard, let's be kind, less than attractive uh, for Plant uh, and and Canelo in the main event. If there is a fighter or a fight, the one fighter or the one fight you're interested in on the undercard, or is there one? Not really, TJ. The only fight I did that should have been on this undercard, TJ, should have been Ray Vargas versus his original mandatory opponent for the WBC in Gary Russell Jr. Sound familiar? Yeah, he's not fighting this weekend either. So instead we get uh, Leonardo Baez. So, yeah. Show up for yeah. the main event for uh, for Canelo Plant, guys. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. And Anthony Durrell in the co-feature. Uh, that ship is basically sailed sailed yeah. again. That's a PBC fighter that's involved in that mix. Uh, we also want to mention. Speaking of uh, Vegas, the night before, uh, Michaela Mayer is headlining on the ESPN Plus top rank show, Ladies Unification Fight Junior Lightweight Division. Uh, Maivia. Hamadouche, correct? Did I come yes. close? Is the opponent? She's got the IBF belt. Mayor, yes. the unbeaten American Olympian, is looking for a unified second title at junior lightweight. Hamadouche is an underdog here, and Mayor is the headliner. It's the second time she's headlined on an ESPN top rank card in her career now. So that's the that's the Friday night fight fight card there from top rank. 
Yes, TJ, it's a real interesting fight, TJ, for Michaela Mayer, only because it's a unification. And at, at the end of the day, because uh, Eddie Hearn's in Vegas, he, he sticks to Bob Arum looking smug and looking weird like they usually do with these photo uh, weigh-ins. And the one, the end game for all of this, TJ, is the winner of this fight, unification-wise, gets Terry Harper, who pretty much has the upper half of these belts for Undisputed in 2022. And the one thing that I think Mayer has a big advantage over uh, Maya Villa is the fact that uh, not only sizes, just styles make fights, and Mayer stays on the outside. And the only way that... Uh, Maya Villa, who is going to be shorter and also lighter going into this fight uh, on Friday, has any shot. She, she has to come in. I think she's going to get picked apart one way or the other. All right. So anything on that top rank card in the final minute or so that we have left that's interesting on the undercard? Before that, I know um, we've Thomas got some if for most part, it's prospects, but Thomas Matisse is on the co-main. That's interesting. He's been on a couple of showbox cards during the year, most of them out of Texas. He's He's been a prospect floating around. He's one to keep an eye out for, but outside of that, it's pretty much just prospects and up-and-comers on these top-ranked shows from here on out. Fair enough on that. Again, Showtime pay-per-view, Mauro Ranallo, Al Bernstein, and Abner Mares will call this coming up. We're anxious to see what happens Saturday night. Fight will not happen before 11.30 Eastern time, probably somewhere around 11.45 Eastern time, 8.45 Pacific, something like that. Fighters headed to the ring uh, for this one. I love Steven Espinoza, who we've had on this pod- podcast before, president of Showtime Sports. He was asked if once again they would wait for the UFC pay-per-view. He said, absolutely not. No way. We're having Canelo's one of the top draws in the sport. We're having the fight. We're going to have the fight coming on uh, coming on Saturday on time. We're not going to make the boxing fans wait till 12.30 a.m., 1 a.m., something like that for the UFC fight card. Good on them uh, for that coming up. Uh, Marquise, great stuff. Thank you as always. We'll see what happens here. And again, if something dramatic and crazy happens, we'll be back in with a review podcast as well. Uh, and, and remind the audience one more time about everything we got going on on the website in the preview mode, the recap mode this weekend. Go ahead. Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. Keep an eye on the website this weekend for this fight and also the top ring card on Friday. If anything interesting happens on there, I'll keep an eye on it for as well. The one thing about this, about this fight this weekend, TJ, that I'm looking forward to more than anything else is the fact that we're going to have someone who's going to be named Fighter of the Year in this fight Saturday night. The winner of this fight is going to be Fighter of the Year. Is It's going to be Canelo for the 5 million time with Ring Magazine mm. or Plant for the first time. But either way, the winner of this fight is going to get that. You can lock that in all day. And it is the first ever four-belt undisputed 168 pound champion so let's see what happens with this marquise great stuff thank you enjoy the fights we'll catch up with you we'll be reading you on the site my friend absolutely thanks so much we also thank al bernstein for being with us from showtime boxing tc martin also with us as well from the tc martin show great insight on canelo and what should be a win but you never know what's boxing can caleb plant pull the shocker saturday night we're all gonna find out for now we are done again subscribe to this podcast apple podcast google uh, spotify etc sports gambling podcast sports gambling podcast.com does a great job of promoting us as well but you'll get the podcast automatically if you subscribe we thank you for finding us here enjoy canelo plant for now we are done on the big fight weekend podcast i am merely tj reeves for marquise johns enjoy the fights bye